one. It's a, little, it's a little early, so here we go. <laughs> hey, guys. Welcome to yeah. episode 163 of CMD Towers Brews and Builds. I'm Mr. Comet number five, and my fellow host should really make sure he follows the rules. Big time. Here we go. Uh, hey, boys and girls. Happy holidays. But I thought it was uh, early. Well, this is I, that's different. I can do this and drive. I, I do So assuming that we go till noon, I do have a little surprise to have on camera here. Uh, so it's officially December. Mr. Combo is wearing his wonderful Chiefs-themed Christmas shirt, and I hate to sound like a bit of a Grinch. I kind of hate the holidays. I kind of hate Christmas time. It's maybe my least favorite. To, like, I like the idea of I like the idea in a macro, but like, I just realized like everywhere the lights look the exact same. Every year, it's the same fifteen goddamn songs that are playing on loops, right? Like, there's just nothing. New, there's nothing new for Christmas for the last 150 years. Like, I need like Christmas 2.0. Right, I need Christmas media. Like, uh, we need to get out of the alpha into like the the pre-release. You know, I, I, I think what you need to do is I think you need to move to Germany because I'm sure they do like some like metal oh. like EDM type Christmas like fucking black leather and just with balls jolly. See, you just did that on the fly, and people can't do this on the radio. It's madness. I, I don't know. I hate it. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I kind of get a, a little bit of a Grinch this time of year. Uh, but, you know, I'm I, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to get in some flavorful decks for this season. Uh, yes. It's a nice. It's fun doing this on a Saturday. Uh, we haven't done one of these recordings in a while. But anyways, that's enough about me. How are you? And well, I, you look very tired. <laughs> I'm very tired. Uh, you could bring that bit back. Yeah, uh, it'll be it's, prevalent for a hot minute. It's back, baby. <laughs> Uh, but no, I actually think we should open up Bruce and Bills by giving a recap of drum roll, please. I don't actually think I have a drum roll on here. Come on, so we'll you have like a heartbeat. Different... I know. We'll just do the heartbeat. Uh, can you, like, the can you do the heartbeat? Oh yeah, yeah. We, we got we got to give a recap of that. So uh, Sir Nathan came away champion. Um, yep. I believe per per the post, uh, which you know very excited. Congratulations, Nathan. Good uh, job. I know that. He, he was feeling a little, little in the dumps earlier in the day because he, you know, kept getting third or fourth, and you know he kept getting put in four pods where some people were in three pods with Ross, yeah. which automatically meant you got first or second because Ross wasn't there all day. Um, and so I, I know he was feeling it a little bit, but you know uh, to be able to come away with the victory uh, was very, very cool. Yep. Um, you know, unfortunately you the you got second, right? No, I think I got third because. This was recapped to me because I don't remember the championship game. Yes, I also, all. I also, I also am a little hazy near that point of the night. <laughs> yeah, um, but SD Sharpie told me that it was pretty much a battle between him and Sir Nathan and the other two players. It was me and uh, Dennis were effectively just not even involved in the process. Wait, I wasn't in the cha- I thought I was in the championship. Uh, uh-uh. uh it was me, Dennis. Did I, make, did, did I make that up? Maybe. Oh shit. Wow, that's like a Mandela effect. I was t- I told the girl I'm seeing I got third overall, which is evidently not the case. That is absolutely correct. That is not the case. Uh, but then of course, in typical Mr. Combo fashion, um, I decided at the end of the night, I just started giving away more prizes than I allocated. So that's great. Uh, definitely came down the next morning. I'm like, I'm missing more stuff than I I'm missing thought. everything. Uh, yeah. So I have something to say about this whole, I, it was great. 
maybe the best ever. Um, and part and parcel of that is so Mr. Combo, like he sent out a post and he was like, Hey, what food should we order? I'm thinking we order a bunch of Chinese. And I will admit, I was very skeptical. I was like, I feel like this solution has been, I feel like this solution has been solved, right? Like this problem has been completed. It's just, we order pizza. And Mr. Combo was like, well, he had it last week. Maybe we should try something different. So he got together the order, very reasonably priced, I might add. I thought at least, right, for how much we got. And well, yeah, I mean, effectively, like twenty bucks a person rounded yeah. up. Got, they got his food for the entire day and still leftovers. You, okay, so that's what I was gonna say. So the food got there. I was in the middle of the game. Uh, Sir Nathan wouldn't let me get up to go get a plate because he was too, <laughs> he was too focused on beating me, I guess. And then I went up, and it was so good. It was such a great idea. Like it was so like you got the right th- like with the light rice and the noodles. Like it was really heavy. Like in a good way, right? It was really filling um, with the carbs and everything. So that was kind of like the sneaker MVP for me of of the mm-hmm. day. I think if we had gone with Indian, that would have led to a disaster. <laughs> so I'm glad that that didn't get voted out. Um, but that was great. SD Sharpie, shout out to you. You picked some really fun legends to pull out um, from the winning pool. Uh, yes. Mr. Combo with the prize wall as usual. It just I thought it just really worked out well, right? Uh, yeah, outside of no, Dennis it- being a scumbag. Uh, but that's okay. Well, so I, I I wanted to say, so th- there was one game I want to talk about, and then I'm, I'm curious if there's a game that you remember to talk about. Um, I think my Zafi deck is secretly super competitive, and I didn't yeah, realize you were, you were saying how that. competitive it is. Yeah, there was one turn, guys. Um, the, the table timed me. I think I took a 30-minute turn, and it <laughs> wasn't me just sitting there and it wasn't me just sitting there being like, what do I do? I don't know. Yeah. Like I was constantly doing spells. I think my storm count was at like 50 or 60. Um, I ended up having off Zafi's ability, some 32 or 34, four, four elementals um, wow. based on the amount of spells that I had cast. Like it just kept going. And I feel genuinely bad about it because I want to say at about the 15 minute mark, 20 minute mark, I had those elementals and I hadn't expropriate. So I was getting two extra turns after that. Yeah. I should have just passed the turn and then like, okay, go to combat. I win. Oh. They, they had nothing to do, but I just, in my head, I kept thinking like, no, I need to keep going. Cause like, I don't have the win on board yet. So yeah. I genuinely do feel bad about that. Um, because that, you know, if you got the win, you got the win. Just, just yeah, right. do it. Well, they also um, could have, they I'm, also could just scooped it up. Right. Like I kind of feel like, well, and I had asked a couple times, and yeah. that was one game that Sir Nathan was involved in, and he was just like, "No, play it out. You, I need to see it." And it was just like, and I, I appreciate that. Yeah, I do that as well. If, well, if and sometimes like, I win. It's like, well, how do you win? Right, and then like sometimes you play it out, and they're like, "Oh, actually, like I'm stuck." Right, like mm-hmm. it seems like they have a loop going, or like they have their win con. I also love that Zaffy is. I know he's a popular commander, and I love how on the freaking mana on the box it refers to him by the wrong name. In the rules box, which is hysterical. I think it's a she. Is it a she or a he? I think it's a he. It looks like he has a goatee. Well, hey, you know, ladies have yeah. goatees. It looks, yeah, I, it's a guy. It's for sure a guy. Savine, I think, is a lady. Wait, no, Savine is a guy too. Oh yeah, Savine's definitely a guy. There's a way. There's a way to tell, right? You just search. You just search their name plus anime porn, and if you get hits, <laughs> it's likely going to be a female. I gotta go with my so instinct on game. this. Yeah, so that's the game that I wanted to highlight just because I do secretly think I'm going to have to like take my Zafi out of consistent rotation because I just think it's too strong. 
Um, have you have you have you globe trotted every time you played it? Pretty much. Uh, I think I've only ever lost once, and I've probably played the deck ten times. Wow. Well, that's that's yeah. a pretty I good mean, ratio. It has a super high win rate. Um, so is there a game that, that you kind of remember that you'd like to talk about? Um, there's two. One is with, uh, so a while ago we talked about Tivit, the secret keeper, the, and the enter the battlefield and, uh, vote, uh, Sphinx. So, uh, I built, I took apart Brea cause that deck was too powerful and kind of used those parts to build that. And I've now okay. made a deck that is arguably even more powerful I was so. Wait, how's that possible? Because you had Brea, and then I was like, "Hey, do a companion Zerda to make it like more restrictive." And then I think and then it, it became more powerful. <laughs> and now you're saying that this deck is even more powerful than that. I think so because it's more consistent and it's like it's more streamlined. But every time I played it, it's just a workhorse. So I felt good about that. Um, and then I got to play the one game. I remember playing the game with you and uh, Squee McGee back from back from Exile. Uh, and that, that Prosh deck, I love that Jun deck is like, I, it's my first deck I ever built. I traded it. I traded it out. I'm thinking of swapping the commander again. I think I'm going to take a page out of your book and put in Zayatora instead of Sakaar. Oh, okay. Because of, I saw how that goes with the 60 MC tribal. Um, but yeah, that, that deck just went off. Um, it's just insanely good. So that was really fun. It was just fun. Mostly that was really fun. Cause that's the first time the three of us have played just the three of us and what? Oh God! Maybe two Dear. years, maybe longer. Yeah. So yeah. it was good. It was just it's fun to get the band. It was fun to get the band back together. It was fun that we all wore matching shirts. So there you go. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, everyone, I know what you're here for. Brews and Bills is our deck tech series. Since we've conquered our path to 32, tackled tons of EDH themes, we're going to be discussing, or rather, theory crafting decks that do not exist yet. Each month will consist of new decks, and we correlate how these decks are constructed, similar to how beer is brewed. So we really broke this down into four different categories. The first one's ramp and setting your board state. We call that grain. Yes, and grains are the foundation of a beer. They include both base malts and specialty malts. They usually at about a 60 to 40 ratio. This helps with the color, the taste, and most importantly, the alcohol content of the beer. Damn it. I literally can't. I have to read it. Dex always need ways to what? grow. How do you stable? have to read it? It's been three or four De years. Dex always need ways to grow, stabilize, and ramp into your threats. And just like a grain profile, they use some staples and specialty cards. I literally... I've read that, what, 162 times? Maybe more? Well, you know what? I, I can't really make fun of you because uh, literally when me and Sir Nathan were uh, doing this, I couldn't remember any of what you said. <laughs> and I've heard you say this 162 times. Uh, so we'll just move past that. Yeah. Uh, how does your board interact with all of your opponents? We correlate that to Haas. And hops get the beard's patented bitterness and herbal floral flavors. They grow in a variety of strands and help distinguish subcategories like IPAs. Our hop choices help clear and interact with the board so your deck can do what it wants. And then how does your deck actually close out or win the games? We call that yeast. And yeast are living microorganisms that eat the sugar from the grain and poop out alcohol and CO2. And that's alcohol content and the carbonation. Without yeast, you'd be drinking flat sugar water. Without yeast cards, your deck wouldn't meet the goal of actually winning the game. And then we have shenanigans. This could be fun kind of pet card synergies, which I actually have two today. Uh, oh. that we just kind of think could fit in the deck. We call that spice. And not every beer has them, but spices and other additives help separate normal stock beer from a specialty one. It could be the vanilla that turns a stout into a vanilla stout. Adios, jalapeno. Or the addition of hops that turn an IPA into a double IPA. Not every deck has something that makes it pop, but if it does, this is where we generally talk about it. All right. So without further ado, let's get brewing. Today, 
Uh, Tuck and I, you know, we've been on a recent kick of trying to bring newer legends uh, yes. to Bruise and Builds. Uh, you know, instead of talking about stuff that was printed eight years ago or seven years ago, which can sometimes still be fun, we've definitely seen in the community that you guys are more jonesing, um, yes. not for a cigarette, but for new legends and ideas. So we're going to be talking about a special monkey today, but what Woo! Tuck and I decided to do for the month of December is one of us would pick the legend each week, and then the other would pick a Christmas movie that we have to try to theme our cards around. So today we're going to be talking Kibo Ukitabi Prince, Big Tuck. Why don't you read what this special monkey does, and I'll kind of talk and, and talk about why you chose this monkey, and yeah. then I'll talk about the movie that we're doing um, and why I chose that movie. And we'll litigate what, while we're there, we will litigate what counts as a Christmas movie because you and I are both in agreement with this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and people who are not, we'll get there. So, Kibu uh, Uktabi <laughs> Prince is two colorless and a green for a 2 2 mythic legendary creature, Monkey Noble, fresh out of Jumpstart 2022. Also, for those playing the home game, do not buy the $40 Brothers War Jumpstart. It's supposed to be trash. Spend the money to get the Jumpstart if you want to Jumpstart. Um, and he has an activated ability that eat tap each player creates a colorless artifact token named banana with tap and sacrifice this artifact add red or green you gain two life Mr. Combo correctly pointed out this is the only part of the card that is red in the color identity which so is frustrating. It's, it's really strange. Um, but you know, what are you going to do? Uh, then whenever an artifact an opponent controls is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, put a one, one counter on each creature you control. That's an ape or a monkey. And then whenever he attacks defending players, sacrifices an artifact. He, yes, it's a prince. Um, I, yes. so I love this because when I first started playing in type two, Uktabi orangutan, two colorless and a green for a creature ape when ETBs destroy target artifact was like, uh, was kind of like the reclamation stage of the time. It was before reclamation sure. stage got printed. And in that art, there are two monkeys in the background that look like they are copulating. Um, even though if you like look at the artwork, they're not, it just is kind of a funny, like hidden kind of Easter egg. And the, the mythos is that this is their kid out of all that. So that's one of the reasons oh. why I chose it. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's one of the, and if, cool. and if uh, you go, someone else pointed out, if you go to Ukatabi Kong, there's uh, there's two similar monkeys and one of them is pregnant. So it's like an in-joke for wizards. So uh, I like that just because it's cool. I always like odd tribals and I like, I'm starting to try to do more of what Mr. Combo does, which is play color, play themes in color combinations that are kind of outside the box, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that this is kind of a unique one, right? I think there's a lot of different ways this can go. Um, I think this is a this is a kind of and the kitchen sink commander, right? Like everything on there is good. There's a lot of different ways to build mm -hmm. around him. Um, and I love I'm I love artifact tokens, bananas or otherwise. Uh, but if you play this thing, I think you need if you build this deck, I think you need to buy runs and just the banana ones, like a 500 pack of just the banana runs to represent this. So. I thought this would be a fun one to talk about, and especially if we put some sort of theme behind it. So, what did you what did you think about the card when you first saw it? So, I thought the card was interesting. I mean, obviously, there's not a ton of ape or monkeys just in magic yes. in general, uh, but in the gruel colors, I think there's a total of forty that you can play, maybe forty five, um, not counting like silver bordered yeah. or otherwise. Um, it, it definitely felt on theme for the monkey because um if you look at kolga 
Um, it kind of does a similar thing. Hey, yes. whenever it attacks, if it player sacks an artifact. So it definitely felt right for a monkey. Um, it just frustrates me, as Tuck and I talked to Offcast, um, that this is a gruel card and not mono green. And I get it. If, if it was mono green, then the banana would kind of be worthless. Because right, adding yeah. red or green, it's like, well, you can't even use the red mana for anything. It would just might as well be colorless. Um, but to me, by the way I look at magic, um, this card doesn't have an activated ability that's red. So it yes, produces right. a colorless artifact named Banana. They should have at least said, hey, it produces a red artifact token named Banana. Right. That, that You know, boom, we're good. I mean, that wouldn't really fix. Bananas aren't red. If anything, bananas would be green. But hey, um, that, <laughs> that would at least kind of take care of my mind. It, but, it even you just solidified your own argument even better. Bananas are green off what's are picked, right? So why isn't this mono green? Yeah, I, I have no idea. But when I saw this, I started trying to think of like a Christmas movie. Uh, first thing that came to mind was Dunstan Checks In. Not a Christmas movie. <laughs> not a, decidedly not um, a Christmas I don't, movie. Yeah, I don't think it is anything to do with Christmas at all. Um, so I, I, just, I was trying to find a monkey Christmas movie. And the closest thing I could find was like a Curious George thing. So, I kind of looked at this, though, and I got some inspiration. Whenever an artifact that an opponent controls is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, you get a 1-1 counter on each creature you control. That's an ape or a monkey. So, that really speaks to me from the aspect of your opponents have to follow the rules. Right. They should not be putting artifacts in the graveyard because then it's going to make your horde bigger and bigger and bigger. Right, Um, right, right. They need to listen. They need to follow the rules. And what Christmas movie speaks to following the rules. Here's the synopsis. We'll see if you guess it. A gadget salesman is looking for a special gift for his son and finds one at a store in Chinatown. The shopkeeper is reluctant to sell him the Mogwai, but sells it to him with the warning to never expose him to bright light, water, or to feed him after midnight. All of this happens, and the result is a gang of gremlins that decides to tear up the town on Christmas Eve. Uh, The title of the movie is in the synopsis. We're talking gremlins. We're talking gremlins. I, I really picked it because... Your your commander is effectively Mogway and the shopkeeper. You know, right. it's it's literally telling you, do not put artifacts in the graveyard. And what do we see rampant in magic right now? Treasures. And those right. have to be sacrificed to be put into the graveyard. And even I'm even seeing kind of like an uptick in clues, at least in our local place. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, and that's an artifact that goes to the graveyard. And it's just like it's you can't be mad at me. Like this is a deck that you sit down and you're like, guys, if you just follow the instructions, everything will be fine. But if you start trying to sack my bananas that I give you to get mana and value and gain life, well, my stuff's going to get bigger. And I'm going to have to pay it at you. You have to pay the piper, man. You have to pay the piper. It's as easy as that. Uh, So that that was kind of the inspiration behind that. It was great. And I I thought that was awesome. I thought it was great. A great inspiration. I'd also never seen. um, I'd never seen gremlins before. Never. I still haven't seen it. Wait, what? You didn't do your homework? It's on HBO. I don't have time. Oh, fair enough. Uh, it's on. Uh, it's on HBO Max. So um, okay. So you can get it there, uh, and it's good. It's really good. It's a, it's a classic. Um, it, it held up pretty well. So yeah, like I, I was think about that to was ask, like. Did it hold up like over time? Because I want to say they actually did like animatronic stuffed animals for a lot of that stuff. It looks really good. Like, like you can okay. tell, I mean, you can tell they're puppets, right? And like, sure, it's all force perspective, but like, I think that I, you just don't see that anymore, right? Like everything's all mm-hmm. CG. It's all green screen. This is like practical effects. Um, and, and it's, it's really good. It's not really scary. Um, but okay. 
It's good. Here's the thing. If a movie takes place during Christmas, regardless of what it's about, it's a Christmas movie, right? Absolutely. And I also think that this one is real. So if I may put, if I can take off my bruising builds and put on my petition play hat, I think Gremlins is actually really about consumerism and like buying stuff because a lot of it takes place in a mall, right? Like the Gremlins go, like they go get drunk. Like they, it, it's a lot of it, like it's being like greedy, right? Like, oh, well uh-huh. we have all like, we, we were given these specific rules, which might like, you might translate to like a budget, right? And you get wrapped mm-hmm. up in the season and everything. And then you're like, oh, okay, well, you know, I went over my budget, so now I'm in debt, right? Like you, like these things have consequences that maybe you don't see. Maybe I'm reaching too much, but um, it, it does work out very well for this sort of, it's it's a sneaky deck. They're kind of ordinary little things. I think that's kind of how this deck sure. feels, right? It's like, it's a very much like open hand, like it's like a slap and a tickle, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, you know, to, to kind of go back even to the Christmas movie thing, I think if you look at any Christmas movie that does not specifically include Santa Claus, Reindeer, yeah. Uh, the Grinch, you know, it just take the very on its surface. But every Christmas movie is literally just a normal movie taking place at Christmas yes. or Christmases. What is that movie? It's Vince Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon going to their different <laughs> divorced families right. all in one day or weekend and just spending time with them. And it just so happens to be at Christmas. Right. Yeah. Uh, it, could easily, it, could at, be, uh, it could be, it could easily be for Thanksgivings, right? It, exactly. Uh, Christmas Vacation. Yes, it all takes place yeah. on Christmas, but what is that? It's just a family get-together where calamity and chaos ends up happening. So, you, oh man, it, it, you it gets me, me so hot and heated. You mentioned that you mentioned that you've had to have this conversation about the movie A Nightmare Before Christmas. Is there a group of people yes. out there that don't think that's a Christmas movie? My wife doesn't think that's a Christmas movie. She says it's a Halloween movie. It's not. It, well, it kind of is, I guess, but it's a Christmas movie. The, the Halloween is in that movie for all of, I don't know, five minutes. Yeah, right. And exactly. then it's all building up to Christmas. They do their, yeah, they That's do their it. little, this is Halloween song and dance, literally. Yeah, and then it's exactly. a Christmas movie after that. That's, exactly. yeah. That that's a Christmas. I mean, it's in the title for God's sakes. So that's insane that you have to art that you have to litigate a nightmare before Christmas being a Christmas movie. Absolutely. So, all right. Well, um, one thing I did want to do because I don't think I, me and Tuck did not talk about this precast, so I'm going to catch him off guard. But I'm assuming he's not talking about these cards. I wanted to do a couple honorable mentions that we will not be discussing, but will you have to have it in the deck? You just absolutely have to. Doubling season and parallel lives. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that, that doesn't really seem on brand for you to talk about those kind of cards. Uh, no, I the one. So the one actually that I think is a sneakier pick of all those is that actual primal vigor, because normally uh-huh. there's a drawback because it's one or more tokens would be created. Period. So people are like, we'll just run parallel lives and doubling season. But here, like, you want that to happen, right? You want them. You want you want these artifacts to be generated because you get a lot of value out of it. Um, and then so yes, like again, I'm not talking about those, but you absolutely have to have those like the the advantage that you get for putting those in here is like through the charts yeah just you know being able to yourself create multiple bananas uh being able to do multiple plus one counters um and then you know with the primal vigor example i didn't even think of that giving your opponents more opportunities to put artifacts in the graveyard is also a banger um so as you know we're not going to be talking about them but those are three cards absolutely if you decide to build a kibo Probably Kibo deck in general, but especially if you're going with our Gremlins theme, you kind of have to have them. Yeah, agreed. Agreed with that. All right. Well, um, 
we're going to get into this, but before we get to our rant and green section, we would love for you guys to check out our amazing patron community, patreon.com slash cmdtower. Uh, we do have many, many different tiers on there, um, you know, from literally three bucks a month uh, up to, uh, you know, as much as you're willing to give. Uh, our $3 tier just gets you a lot of the soft value access into the Discord, uh, which definitely thank you, uh, Marketing Ross and SP Sharpie, for really kind of manning that community. Um, they really try to drive a lot of conversations. Yeah. Uh, we have great, great patrons in there. Uh, like, you know, we mentioned earlier, came in the tree fork Lord is definitely someone who's vocal, kind of has a different thought into the game. Um, you know, Spencer Rabbits is always a troll as uh, he should be. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we uh, just have a really great community there. But it also does give you opportunities to be on Bruising Builds. It gives you opportunities to potentially be on uh, Slinging Cardboard Rectangles, uh, be able to submit in your own decks for deck packs, just a whole slew of uh, options. Plus, uh, after the new year, we will be starting our Sunday patron takeovers where you guys actually can run your own stream with uh, one of the uh, members of the CMD Tower crew, whether it's me, Big Tuck, SD Sharpie, uh, Mr. T, Marketing Ross, actually kind of doing like a voiceover commentary of it for the Twitch community, which should, you know, be a lot of fun. Uh, it won't be monotone, I promise you. It'll probably be <laughs> someone in the tank. Uh, but Confirmed. If you're... If if you have a little bit of extra that you would like to throw to help support us, just remember patreon.com slash CMD tower. Now we're going to get into that ramp and grain section. And uh, I, how do we do this? Like I, I would say, since you picked the legend, you go first flip. We flip for it. We flip for it. Well, uh, you would think I have a coin near me. Ha <laughs> I do. All right. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to take the ragged side of two face. Cause I am very okay. ragged this morning. <laughs> Um, ooh, and then we'll do it where I pick, uh, just like we do over at uh, drafting. Yeah. But this time I'll probably choose to go first, but let's see. Chica. Duck, you're going first. Yeah! All right, I want to go first. Uh, okay, so this is a card that I spec'd on, and it hasn't really gone crazy, but, and I, it depends, it's very meta-dependent, but this card will bring a little bit of Christmas spirit, maybe with a bit of a party, or perhaps okay. a revel in Viridian Revel. So this this is a great this is a, like an all star in the right meta, especially like in one that's heavy with like the 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 cards that we're talking about. So Viridian Revel is a colorless double green for an enchantment. It's about buck thirty for a Mirrodin. Whenever an artifact of any varietal is put into an opponent's graveyard from the battlefield, you may oh, draw a card. That's nice. Right? So nice. I love this card in here because you're um, not only are you uh, like you're getting value from just playing the game, right? Like your mm -hmm. our strategy is giving out tokens, is giving these things out, right? But yeah. now not only are they getting counters, we're also drawing cards. And again, if you look through it, like with just Kibo out, you tap, you could potentially draw three. You you could it kind of turns into like tap, create three tokens, draw three cards down the road, right? One way or another. Yeah. So to me, this is like a really good engine, especially for three. It's an enchantment. You're going to get a ton of value out of this. Yeah, and I think this is something that we've talked about before. Like, what is removal bait? We, we kind of talked about at the beginning how those three enchantments, um, Primal Vigor, uh, Parallel Lives, and Doubling Season, are kind of key engines for this deck. Yeah. So those aren't cards that you're probably getting down on turn three or turn two. This right. is a card you're getting down turn three, turn two, and your opponents will see that immediate value and be like, gosh, do I really want every time I sack a treasure to, uh, or sack a banana, to... Uh, basically anthem his board permanently and 
draw him a card. No. Right. So, the, you know, they'll probably snap, try to remove this because they just see the value. And so it's one of those things where it's like damned if you do, damned if you don't. Exactly. You won't be drawing three cards every rotation. Or would you rather me have like double the amount of tokens, double the amount of right. counters and all of this stuff later in the game? Yeah, that's so again, I, I have like five copies of them and they never spiked. So fly, glad to have a deck that I know they're a slam dunk into. <clears throat> All right. Well, my first one, um, I, I try to do a blend of ape and monkeys and just other good things that kind of fit this theme. And this seemed like one that I kind of think sneakily this deck might be a Voltron deck where you're trying Ooh. to get Ebo in for a lot of damage, you know, give it forest walk. Uh, you, you could you could play that you know where every land is a forest uh, land type. Um, so I think this artifact creature ape fit very nice. So we're talking simium similacrum. Oh yeah yeah yeah, it's new right? For yep, it's fifteen cents. Uh, came out in Brothers War. It's a brand new card. Um, three colorless, rare. It's a two one. When Simeon Similacrum enters the battlefield, put two plus one plus one counters on target creature you control. And then it does have Unearth. Two colorless green green. Return this card from your graveyard to the battlefield. It gains haste. Exile at the beginning of the next end step. Or if it would leave the battlefield, Unearth only as a sorcery. Yeah. So I see I see part of the, the theme is you need to protect Ebo as much as you can. Now, you know, there'll be boots. There'll be greaves. There'll, there'll be those sure. kind of generic things as well. But one of the easier ways is just to kind of quickly buff it. Because right. the one area I could see is you play Kibo next turn you give everyone bananas and they're like okay well let's kill kibo before we crack our bananas that way he right. gets no value right, right, um, right. And so this is something to where it gets it out of lightning bolt range common phrase we use need that uh, need, it up need to it. A four four yeah it puts it up to a four four so and the fact that you can unearth it later um if you know you do use simium is just like ah, i'm gonna throw you in and you'll just you know die to a blocker yeah. or to an attack or something like that and then you know now we can unearth it for a six six or Maybe we have sacrifice shenanigans, like some Ooh. bombarding type things. So oh. what do you think of Simeon Similarcrum? I, I think it's great. Um, I think like it's easy in these sort of off-color tribes to be like, you have to shove. I don't care how bad the monkey is. It's got to go in, right? Which I don't necessarily, <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think we've discussed is kind of like not necessarily needed, right? So I think the fact yep. that this thing has the ability to pump them up, has the unearth, um, and is an ape in and of itself, and one of the good ones, to be honest, I think it, I think it's really solid. I think this is a great inclusion, and this is going to be a card that's really going to help you accelerate early in the game. I will say this though: the art. I don't really see the ape. I don't like. I can't. We can't. We can't go into this. We can't go down this rabbit hole of arguing like how does something have planes walk or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, sure. You just gotta. You gotta believe it. That's in there somewhere. I completely agree with you though. It just looks like a robot to me with daggers. But anyways, I agree. <laughs> it does not look like an ape. All right, Tuck. Well, what is your next green card you wanted to talk about? So I'm talking about all enchantments in the green. I'm not talking about a single oh. monkey yet. And actually, I think I'm only talking about one the entire time, maybe two. Anyway, so uh, this is a card that I had just heard. I had not heard of before we started building this. But bananas are not enough to give out, right? We got to start giving even more things out to make them pay okay. for it. And what do I like more than a clock? I love a clock on a game. Right? A watch? I do actually I do like watches. Uh, but this card in particular, Descent into Avernus, is gonna do a lot of stuff for the table. So 
Uh, two colorless and a red for an enchantment. It's from battles. It's from Battle for Baldur's Gate. Literally, completely flew under the radar for me. It's about forty-two cents. So it's enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, put two descent counters on descent into Avernus. Then each player creates X treasure tokens, and descent into Avernus deals X damage to each player, where X is the number of descent counters on descent into Avernus. So. It scales huh. so fast. I think this also is going to make the game go ridiculously quick. And I think this is mm -hmm. also going to be an interesting thing for your opponents to consider, right? Because one person could greatly benefit from this, right? The, getting four treasures a turn or like four to six and even more from there. One opponent could really like this, but another component could be like, I don't want people to get this value for it, right? And then they burn yeah. their removal on this as opposed to the doubling seasons of the world and that sort of thing. Um, and I like the fact that it just pings everyone. Like I love that effect. So I think this is I think this is kind of a spicy pick in the grain section. So this is super interesting. I, I think the thing that scares me the most about it, I mean, it's doing what this deck wants. And and here's the thing: right. we're building a deck around a gremlins theme, not around functionality. Right. I I feel what really worries me about this is when your descent counters are gonna give that blue player oh, the access. Yeah. So something we didn't talk about is I don't mind the bananas going to blue players because it doesn't give them blue mana. Ah, so for counter sure, spells, yeah. you know, cyclonic rift, um, you know, anything where, you know, they're like, oh, well, I'll just tap out and I know I'm going to get value. It's like, well, you still need blue to do it. Right. This does give them that blue mana to where it's like, oh, thanks. The beginning of your upkeep, I got six treasures. I took six damage. Overload rift. Yeah, right. And then you're right, like, right. well, shit. I just kind of <laughs> now, wasted now everything. Now we're going back to the um, beginning. But that's not what we're here for. We're here for a theme. I like the theme um, because it's one of these things that, you know, you're going to get punished by the gremlins yep. just off the bat. And then if you further don't listen to the rules, you're going to further get punished by Abs the gremlins. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think it's cute, especially for 42 cents. So... Oh, yeah. You know, I'm sure there's decks out there that love this. Oh, I know uh, my Yurlock deck. Writing that down. That's my number two pick for grains. What do you got? What do you got? All right. So I'm doing another monkey. Another it monkey. is probably the most broken monkey ever printed. It is banned in Legacy. Just got to talk about oh. it because it, it's one of your ways you can easily kind of progress early in the game. Cheapest copy is $64. Absolutely insane. We're talking Ragavan. Got to talk about Ragavan. Yep. So single red to cast it. It's a monkey pirate mythic for two one. Whenever it deals combat damage to a player, create a treasure token and exile the top card of that player's library until end of turn. You may cast that card. Then it does have a dash cost, which is usually how most people are doing it. Yeah. Uh, colorless red. You may cast a spell for its dash cost. If you do, it gains haste and it is returned from the battlefield to its owner's hand at the beginning of the next step. So it's a monkey. We need monkeys. But the reason I wanted to at least put it in is it does give us card advantage and yep. it does give us a treasure to kind of help progress things further. Um, plus, I think this is kind of one of the unique times where Ragavan, potentially, you might do it for the red. So that way it stays on the battlefield and gets all those plus one counters. Exactly. And then it's like, okay, it's not just I'm taking two and they're getting a treasure and a card off top. It's I'm taking eight. Yep. I, I don't know if I could take eight. Exactly. Um, so, you know, uh, once again, I, I think having... Not necessarily jamming every single Aper Monkey in the deck, but having at least, I would say, mid-tier to high-tier ones in yeah. is going to be really critical. I just hate that this card is $64, because yeah, I'm not spending $64 on a card for a meme deck. No, absolutely not. Um, I've, although, let me ask you this. are you Would you allow the Ragavan token as a playtest version of this? Uh, No, 
just and so we kind of actually talked about that. Um, I can't remember if it was on a stream that I was on uh, or at the Drinkathon because once again, the card is so prohibitively expensive. But if you want the effect, you need to pay for the effect. Sure. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Well, I got a token and now it works. Now, I'll say this. If the token was $65, sure. <laughs> $65 on a token and you can use it as a Ragavan. I think it was like 5 or 10 back in the day. But anyways, I agree completely. Um, I think Ragavan's a slam dunk conclusion in here, especially, like you said, with the buff, right? Like, this is a card that you get mm -hmm. down early. And even if you don't get the swing right away with it, you're going to be able to put the counters on it. You can dash it out after a board wipe and get advantage incrementally there. So slam dunk in there. It is just insanely expensive. Way too expensive. And now I remember... What it actually the discussion was? Uh, what's the uh, what's the creature that produces the Ragavan token? Uh, the pirate Lannery Storm. Uh, Kari Zev. Kari Zev. Yes. So the right. conversation was Kari Zev being the commander, and then Ragavan Nimble Pilferer being the token <laughs> she produces. Oh god. Um, and then you still like you know exile it and kind of do all the things that the Ragavan token does. And I was like, that seems broken and no thank you. Way too good. <laughs> way too good. All right. Well, what is your last green card? Uh, so this one's, this is, uh, we've talked about this one a lot, about it being really efficient for the price. Again, now it's like, well, if you want to attack someone, you're, I'm going to get value out of it too. Slam dunk, curse of opulence, uh, one red ah. for an enchantment or a curse, enchant player. Whenever a player is attacked, create a gold token. Each opponent attacking that player does the same. It's about $2.20. So it's gone way down. This was like 15 bucks for at some point. So it's easy to pick up. But again, it's like creates treasures, forces people into attacking. You can easily put this on a person early. You can put it on yourself. Although I think in this deck, it's probably better on someone else because I think you're going to get a lot of hate just with the way the deck is being built. So again, it's it's not a but treasure think, necessarily, but... But I think that's the... I think that's the gimmick of it is I think you want because people are going to be attacking you. I think it's the same thing we talked about, Tuck, where you put it oh. on yourself. You're always getting oh. the value. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those things where I almost would imagine you want to give deterrence from people attacking you. And this is a card that if you put it on yourself, oh. you will never get the value because you can't ever initiate it. Right. Now your opponents are like, well, with Kibo out. Do I really want to hit him to get the gold? Because then he also gets the gold. Yeah. But then my gold is going to filter into his eight monkey like anthems. Yeah. yeah and yeah. so th this could almost that's a good point. Almost argue it's a hops card because it really yeah, yeah. deters people from ever hitting you. Because if you put it on another opponent, it could just be like you're the only one ever hitting them because the other three kind of make an agreement of hey, right, right, right. We're never going to attack you until we deal with that monkey because we right. don't want to get the gold to then filter into his. It kind of turns into like a propaganda. To your point, it kind of turns into like a propaganda, yeah. right? Oddly, so I yeah, guess yeah, really I guess does. it's I guess you're right. It always just goes on. The, it always just goes on you, no matter what. I'm telling you, that's the secret tech <laughs> that's, behind that's, that that's card. That's tech. Teched. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to talk about another very popular, expensive card. Oh my gosh, fifty-seven dollars, insane. Um, but I imagine that you are going to have a decent sized army, regardless of the anthems, because most apes are three threes, four fours, five fives, yeah. somewhere in there. So I think this legendary artifact that you could potentially cast for a green green is key. I think the Great Hinge kind of oh, goes in sure. here. Yeah. Um, seven colorless green green legendary artifact mythic. It costs X less to cast, where X is the greatest power among creatures you control. But tap it, add green green, gain two life. Um, you know, effectively almost pays for your commander. Yeah. But I think the thing I really do like about it, whenever a non-token creature ETBs under your control, get a 1-1 counter and draw a card. 
Um, I don't see a ton of token creatures in yeah. this build because um, there's not a lot of or any ape or monkey. <laughs> you know, I mean, I guess you do changelings. Um, sure, but. You know, it's going to be a lot of your non-token creatures that are apes or monkeys. And so being able to have them initially get that plus one, plus one, even just your commander, uh, having it immediately come down as a three, three um, is going to be really critical. I hate that this is $57 and I hate myself <laughs> more that I didn't buy them when they were 20 or 30 because I thought it was overpriced at that point. <laughs> and now I'll probably never own one. Yeah, I, I like they're never going to reprint it at all. But yeah, it's it's insanely strong. I think like like I was going to say to your point is this is a what do we call it? Go fluffy deck, right? Where it's like a bunch of mid tier powered non token creatures. So refilling your hand quickly off of that, being able to recast your commander, gaining the life. This card does it all, mm -hmm. especially in a deck like this. So slam dunk, slam dunk choice. Uh, definitely maybe one of my least favorite cards ever printed. It's right up there with expropriate. I hate this card so much. Well, that's going to wrap up our grain section. Before we head over to our next area, we would love for you guys to check out our Etsy store. If you just go to Etsy.com, type in CMD Tower into the search bar, you'll see our great selection on there. Tuck, we've actually uh, had two people buy sweaters in the last week. Hey, that's awesome. That's pretty exciting. Uh, and so, you know, we, we do actually have a holiday Jun sweater on there with uh, different bruising builds, you know, accoutrement that a good old um, Mr. Magoo actually designed for us. That's right. Out of a comb cotton. Um, but you know, we sell our foil play mats on there. We have our sleeves, we have our metal tokens, our, our coins. Um, so, you know, anything you guys do on there does directly go back into reinvesting into the channel. So, um, if you're looking for some magic, the gathering accoutrement per se, uh, just remember Etsy.com and CMD tower in that search bar. And they make now great gifts for your magic, for your magic friends and family. Yes. Yes, and it's very affordable. I mean, come on. It's yeah. like, I think, $5 for the coin or 6 bucks yeah. for the coin or the metal tokens. I mean, super cheap. All right, well, now we're going to head over to the hot profile, and I'll kick this one off. I kind of mentioned them earlier, so we'll just get it out of the way. We're talking the Titanate. Yeah. Pogla. Number, number one. Gotta number have one them in here. Oh, wait. Three, two, one. I forgot. I, I was uh, like, I, I haven't done this in so long. I haven't done this in so long. I was like... Uh, what are we doing here? But yes, uh, it is. Three colorless, green, green, green. Oh, damn it. 65 cents. <laughs> There's Have so fun. much. Oh, and it's a 7-6. Have fun with all that text. There's so much text. Okay. <sighs> when it ETBs, it fights up to one target creature you don't control. Awesome. Whenever it attacks, destroy target artifact or enchantment defending player controls. Awesome. Return uh, Colorless and green, return target human you control to its owner's hand. Kogla gains indestructible until end of turn. I do have, I will be talking about a human today. I will be talking oh, okay. about one in the yeast. So, you know, it, it, it's not the best in the world, but still it's a fringe thing. But yeah, yeah. I think this is what S tier ape, maybe the best ever printed oh, yeah. besides. Absolutely. It's like what Ragavan this. Well, I mean, you could, you could make an argument for Grund or Grund. Uh, it's the one that when it attacks alone, it doubles its power and toughness. Oh, jeez, so yeah, yeah, the lone, lonely king. Yeah, that one is brutal. Yeah, but um, yeah, no, I, I, I mean, it's kind of on the face of the card, guys. It yeah. does creature removal when it attacks. It's getting rid of an artifact, filtering, and that's the thing I do like about this is that you, it might only be a seven six, and your commander might be a two two, and other people have two twos, and it's like, okay, well, on attack, I'm gonna blow up your banana. Yeah, and now everything's an eight seven and a three three because it doesn't have to do exactly. combat damage to actually destroy the artifact. But the flexibility for the enchantment as well is kind of nice. If yes. someone has a oppressive you know, propaganda or something like that, and you want right. to be in the red zone, um, that flexibility is kind of cool. 
I completely agree. And I think I love the synergy between Kibo and this. When you attack, you're going to get two triggers likely off of it, right? Like, because mm-hmm. Kibo is a sacrifice and then this destroys. So, I mean, that's that can easily come out of nowhere. And now people have, like you were just saying, they have these two giant threats that are just going to keep getting bigger. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Love it. Well, what is your... So, I- I'm going to do this now. I have my beer advent beer calendar from all these. Or, sorry, from the Costco uh, but the problem is they're all in German, so I don't know what this is, but this is going to be a first Carl Pills from Schlossberg. I think this is just further uh, enforcing you need to move to Germany during the holiday season. Well, it's funny. I was telling uh, one of my fondest memories. We had a two week vacation to Germany <laughs> over Christmas when I was in college. And me and Nathan were also talking about uh, uh, Nathan Argentina. And we're talking about moving to uh, Co- or Munich together, I think, but probably not going to happen. Anyway, so it's an honorary ape because it's technically a beast, but I love this because, like you said, it's kind of dangerous to give people that much value that quickly. So I think Mm -hmm. being able to have something on the ground that's a creature that can kind of slow it down a little bit is going to be really important. That's why I think Manglehorn is going to do some work in this deck. So two colors in the green for one of your favorites, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Uh, you call this in a green for a creature beast. When it ETBs, you may destroy target artifact, getting the triggers, getting rid of a problematic Akuroma's Memorial, so on and so forth. But more importantly, artifacts your opponent's control enter the battlefield tapped. So awesome. I think, but it's it's kind of like the it, it, this card. I think is, it, it, I think it slows it down, but you don't have to play it immediately, right? It's not like a. It's mm-hmm. not like a. If you want to accelerate your monkeys quickly or draw a bunch of cards, you can kind of hold on to it for a little bit once you build your board up. But I love the fact that when an ETB, you get, you're going to get your counters, and then it just slows everyone else down except for you. So that's why I just think it's a great card in the hop section, just to keep your opponents yeah, in Yeah, and I mean, you could borderline argue, Tuck, that this could even be a yeast card because yeah. it's like, okay, I'm late in the game. I need to kind of make sure that they aren't gaining that two life off the bananas. Sure. Um, you know, I, I, I'm trying to kill someone. Let me play this guy before I do my activations. Um, and then that way I can still get my banana myself, but then yes. at least all my opponents are tapped out on the bananas. And it's also the same argument I made with um, your, oh, what was that? Uh, Descent into Avernus. Because yes. that completely eliminates the benefit for your opponents. You don't have to worry about a rift. Because Manglehorn's going to have all those treasures come in tapped, and treasures do have to tap and sacrifice, unlike a gold, where they can just straight sacrifice. So exactly. I think this is a sneaky good card in the deck. Hey-o! Hey-o! All right. I wanted to put in just a quick, easy way to get a quick, you know, three buff. Just a quick three buff. And avoid buff. our opponents being able to do this in response. Because you know what? You're still going to have to sacrifice an artifact. We're talking Tribute to the Wild. So, Tribute to the Wild is one colorless green. It's an instant. And it says each opponent sacrifices an artifact or enchantment for nine cents. Wow. Super cheap, real powerful because of the sacrifice clause. And if you're not familiar with it, the bananas can tap and sacrifice. And they get the mana and they get the two life. But that they can't do that in response to the tribute of the wild and have it count for the sacrifice. They still have to sacrifice another artifact. Another one, yeah. Now they could do the enchantment to kind of get around it, but I think to Tuck and I's point, what we've talked about a lot, enchantment removal is like the hardest type of removal. Mm-hmm. So it's like, do you want to anthem me or do you want to get rid of probably one of your better cards in your deck? I was just gonna say too, like I th- I think mostly in like a deck in the in the matchups that you're gonna be playing this against, 
the decks that are more enchantment heavy because this is so heavy on artifact removal are going to be tough. So a lot of times you're mm -hmm. like, it, you're it's a two for one any way you cut it, right? Where it's like, you're either going to, like if you want to get cute and sack the the treasure in response, oh shit, you left open your propaganda. Like you still have to sacrifice it, right? Like, yep. It really paints them into a corner like that. And I think you're going to run into cards that are tough with like your omnisciences, propagandas, mm -hmm. all those sort of effects, which are like really running rampant. So I love this. I think this card is kind of not great in a vacuum, but in this deck, it works out. It's going to work to your favor every single time, especially for nine yep, cents absolutely. For, for two mana in an instant. Love it. Yeah, because I mean, to, to your point, in a vacuum, most people would just sack a treasure, but mm -hmm. it's and you're like, well, damn, what did that really do at the end of the day? But like here, it's like, okay, well, I still get an anthem. I'm still getting exactly. plus one counters on my entire board. And I, I do love the fact, I mean, it was printed for Commander, so I, I get why they did the each opponent, but I love that it's two mana each opponent. Mm -hmm. Normally, something like this, it would be um, choose target opponent, they yeah. sacrifice an artifact or enchantment. So Absolutely. the fact that you're getting a three for one no matter what is super great. I think this, I just realized, this is like a perfect five five player pod deck. Oh, yeah. Right, Hands like this, down. this gets Hands way down. better the more people you're playing immediately. Absolutely, it's kind of like uh, Sir Nathan's <clears throat> Conrad deck. You know, the more yeah. people at the table, the more powerful it becomes. Yeah, absolutely. Just, like, just like Sir Nathan himself. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, what is your next top? So sometimes these gremlins come out. They're playing with toys, and you want to stop them. You got to stop them playing mm -hmm. with toys, right? They're they're getting too much. They're getting too many treasures from Avernus, and you're ready to just go ham right? And you can go ham for a very expensive card, unfortunately, but for one mana, you can get everyone at the table with a card called, we're melting them down, it's meltdown. You had your toys, you had your fun, I'm taking them away now. So, X and a red for a sorcery for $10 from Urza Saga, because this is starting to see wow. like legacy play. Destroy each artifact with mana value X or less. So I love it because again, we're just giving oh, yeah. we're just giving tokens away, right? Here you go. It's Christmas time. We're giving, we're giving a given, but like I can take it away, right? And I'm gonna get all the benefit because yep. it's sorcery speed. So I'm gonna sack all of mine, have nine mana floating, pay one for meltdown. You guys are if you pay like and my army's like this is kind of it's kind of the same argument, really. Like this could kind of almost be a yeast card as well, right? Yeah. Where it's like mid to late game and you've like your, your Avernus is giving six treasures a turn or whatever. And you're like, all right, well, I'm taking it all back. So what's so funny about this is it's going to synergize so well with my yeast section to where really? I think this does become a yeast card. Yeah, it effectively blows up the entire board. Oh, um, no. Just about. Okay. Uh, so I love that. I think that's super cute. Um, <laughs> you and... love this journey for us? I love this journey for us. And we're just going to segue right into my last hop because okay. I kind of did the exact same card. Oh, nice. but in ape monkey form. Oh, with, uh, is it like something shaman, right? Yep. We're talking gorilla shaman. Nailed it. Uh, one single red creature, ape shaman. XX1, destroy target <laughs> non-creature artifact with mana value X. Oh, it's so a one drop too. I'm just going to. Yeah, and it's a one drop. So I'm just going to pay one mana. Oh, and it's 23 cents. Yeah. Um, I'm going to pay one mana and blow up your uh, token. And you can like trade. Now, you'd have to do one mana over and over yeah. and over. So uh, I was trying to find some synergies where it's like whenever an artifact goes to any graveyard, you get like a colorless mana. I was trying to find something like the, that yeah. where you just repeat, just blow the, up the, the entire the, the board. Super, the super cheese one that comes to mind is like Goldspan Dragon. 
right? Where it's mm. like each treasure's two, so you pretty much can just trade treasures for free with this card if you, yeah. if, if you want. But yeah, I, I love the fact that it's a one drop as well, right? Like it's you, this is going to be great late game. It doesn't have to tap. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This is like yeah. I think this is this is also one of like the A S tier gorillas for the deck, right? Or well, whatever. and I would say that, and because it doesn't restrict you to sorcery speed, um, the cool thing is that you can do it whenever you want. So it's yes, kind of a mana right. dump as well. Like yeah, you right. go around before the other person's turn. Like okay, well I saved up four mana just in case I needed to heroics intervention or something like that. Um, well, you know, I, I, nothing happened. Okay. Well, I'll just activate this four times or three times in the heroic intervention example and just right. blow up your three bananas that I gave you. Yep. Coast. Sorry. Sorry, Charlie. Yep. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. All right. Um, well, you got one hop left. What are you doing? You're kind of doing this M theme, mango no, horn meltdown. I, I'm done. Oh, that's right. We shared cold. Yeah. We got, we well, had, the, we had the big boy. Let's head from the hops over to talk about abyssproxyshop.com. Yeah! Um, if you guys are looking for some playtest cards, as we've seen Wizards has basically said, you can do it. Um, and yet they're kind of targeting proxy shops as well and getting them to shut down. So hopefully our friends over at Abyss Proxy Shop are safe from Watsy. <laughs> but um, you guys should head over there. And if you do decide to make a purchase, use code CMDTOWER, um, all one word, to get 10% off your order. They do do fully customized decks, which I have multiple of. Um, Big Tuck actually won uh, at our Drinkathon, a, a nice fat stack of stuff from Abyss Proxy Shop and other providers. Um, but, you know, they have a massive library on there. You can see a lot of cards that I've personally designed, gone out, found like old Japanese woodblock art and kind of correlated it with Magic Gathering cards. Um, usually it's anywhere from 3 to $6 for a card, depending if you want non-foil to foil or custom to just something that they have in stock. So if you're looking for a proxy, if you're looking for a playtest card, just always remember abyssproxyshop.com. Uh, and the new thing that they put on, they now offer full sets of almost everything. Triomes, Bond Lands. Oh, that sort of nice. Yeah. So that are all like, I think they're like 28 bucks, which is 25 with the discount and everything, which is awesome when you, because those are expensive, right? No one wants to buy yep. those. Uh, also, remember how I told you they were having, I was having problems with their site? Uh, also, remember how you told me that your cart just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and then it just disappeared? That Yes, that happened in TCG Player, too. So that was a bummer. But Spectrum is blocking them. Really? <laughs> My cable provider. I was like, because I worked at your place. When I was at your place, I was looked. I pulled them up to show someone. And I was like, wait, it's working now. So, yeah, I guess it's a, it's a suspicious site, according to Spectrum. So gotta, I guess I got to go <laughs> into my Spectrum app or some horse shit. Thanks. Jesus. What a nightmare. Thanks, Spectrum. Mm. Well, now we're going to head over to the yeast section. And uh, Big Tuck, which one are you going to start with? So I have four picked just in case we sync up on some. Okay. But I'm, I'm telling you, man, the yeast section is straight fire. Yeah. I think this deck could have some legs. I am going to go for fire and start there. Because what's what do you do with fire? You light it. You burn stuff. You burn it, right? You can maybe control. It's a controlled burn, but can you weave it? We can. Fire weaver, but reckless fire weaver sure can. Colorless and a red for a creature, human artificer. There you go. I told you. I told you it's in here. Whenever an artifact enters the battlefield under your control, it deals one damage to each opponent. To each opponent every time. So again, 
we are giving out gifts. We are also, you know, it's like you're, we're, we're treating ourselves, you know, we're, we're kind of treating yeah. ourselves a little bit. So we're going to be generating a ton of tokens as well. So being able to ding each opponent for one every single time. And again, if we were running tutors, we're probably going to tutor up Kolga or something like that because he's so strong. So then we can kind of bounce him back and forth protect our reckless fire weaver but for me this card's the the the, the bottom the floor is so low because it's only a two drop and the high is like you can burn out 10 15 damage a turn once you get the engine going so uh quick pause uh Teowa actually commented it in twitch uh it's always the dns especially with spectrum google fiber <laughs> for the win those bastards. They didn't, Those bastards. I don't have a choice. I had Google Fiber when I lived in Kansas City, but then they, like, it's all included in our stupid apartment complex, so. Because, <sighs> yeah, Charlotte has Google Fiber, right? Oh, yeah. There's literally yeah. an apartment down the street that has it. Like, on the other side of, uh, on the other so side. No, I love this. Do you think with, you know, with this being a yeast and, and trying to abuse it, quote unquote, do you think that makes it, do you think that's good enough to justify, you know, three to five cards that deal with, Whenever your opponent takes damage, they do this. I was wondering about that because I was like, is fire is fiery emancipation really good in this deck? Or is that mm -hmm. like do you have to build around it? I think it's I think you'd have to it's how you want to win, right? Do you want to win this way mm -hmm. or do you want to win through combat? Right? Well, I guess sure. I don't know. I think okay, uh, hold on. I think yes, I think I just answered my own question. I think the double the damage doublers is gonna be huge in this deck. I agree, I agree yeah. with what you're saying. Like the the clash of the two gods or dictate of the twin gods or whatever, those sort of effects mm -hmm. I think are probably gonna be pretty, pretty strong in here. Okay. Um, all right. So my first yeast card, it's a it's a little odd. You would say it should be a spice card, but this sword gives us the theme of the deck, but it's also gonna protect Kibo. And I think that's gonna be critical. Because this deck is definitely built top down. I think if yeah. you don't have Kibo out, the deck is just trash. Yeah. Um, so being able to protect it. Also, what's the most common form of a red board wipe? Artifact. Damage. Oh, damage. <laughs> so sort of sinew and steel. I think Ooh. is good in here. Three colorless yeah. for eight dollars. It's a mythic um, artifact equipment equipped for two. It gets plus two plus two and has protection from black and from red. So if you do your blasphemous acts. Kibo will no. at least stick around. Um, and then whenever a quick creature deals combat damage to a player, destroy up to one target planeswalker and up to one target artifact. So you're going to get the sacrifice from Kibo, then it's going to deal damage, and then you're going to destroy something else. Yeah. And so just on every single one of his combats, and most likely you're going to get through, I would hope, um, you're going to be antheming your board by plus two um, with your yeah. apes and monkeys. So. I, you know, you, you can make an argument for hops or yeast to me being able to make sure that our commander is always protected as we're blowing up the board with our yep. blasphemous axe and things like that, I think is really critical. And being able to always add an additional artifact destruction for that extra buff is also completely agreed. And this deck is going to be it's going to a kind of a bad matchup for this deck is like a fast token deck. Right. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those outside of elves, like zombies, goblins, those are both like those kind of those kind of pretty popular tribes are black and red. So being able to mm -hmm. swing through that and you're not just going into endless chump after endless chump after endless chump, I think kind of gives this card a big buff too. Yep, absolutely. All right. Well, what is your next yeast card? All right. I got a monkey. I got a monkey and then I got an artifact. So this okay. one is brand new from Brothers War. Oh, I'm sorry. It's not a monkey. It's a goblin. I've lied. So I, I've talked about one monkey this entire time and two other ones. But this one's so good. So um, this one is going to be a big, strong man himself. 
And then also he is going to punish. He's going to continue to punish by damage, which is why I completely agree with you that we need those damage doublers or triplers in here. We're talking about our boy Sardian Avenger. So it's a colorless and a red for a goblin warrior. It's a buck 20. It's a one, one first strike and trample. When it attacks, it gets plus X plus zero until end of turn, where X is the number of artifacts your opponents control, which is good. But what we're really here for is whenever an artifact an opponent controls is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, it deals one damage to that player. So again, we're punishing. It's like the same thing. Like we, we're letting you do whatever you want, right? Like mm-hmm. we're not prohibiting you yet, yet from using these artifacts and these toys we're giving you. But if you're dicking around with them and you're using them for ill, you're going to pay the piper. You're going to hurt yourself. Uh, we're gonna have to return it to the store so I can get my money back with drawing a card. So that's why I like this card so much in here, right? The the attack trigger is okay-ish, right? Like it can kind of be maybe a finisher, but I just love the fact for that static. Whenever they're sacrificing artifacts, they're paying the piper for it. Well, I actually like the attack trigger, and here's why: because it's putting a modal choice into your opponent's hand. Mm. You've been giving them treasures, you've been giving them bananas all game. You're attacking with this guy, and it's like, all right, ten one, first strike trample. Do you want to yeah. sacrifice your whole board? Oh, you did? Well, now I got 10 plus 1 plus 1 counters uh, yeah, on yeah. all of my monkeys and apes. It, it's kind of that, that close And you all take 10 hand. damage or whatever, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like the open hand is just take the 10 yeah. from the first strike trample and, and just deal with it. But then the closed fist is if they don't think about it, oh, well, you know, my monkey, oh, oh my gosh, no. Because it, it makes it a, a modal choice for your opponent where you send your uh, Kibo at one opponent and the Sardian at another. Oh. And the Sardian, it's like, hey, you could save your life if you just sacrifice yeah. all my stuff. But then this opponent's going to get screwed. And then it causes <laughs> like a hammered. feud between them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, That's I love a, it. It's a sweet card, right? Like, I thought it, I thought it was a nice little inclu- inclusion here, even though I wrongly thought it was a monkey. But what are you going to do? Well, I don't know how you thought it was a monkey because it looks nothing it, like a it monkey. Looks, it looks a, like a goblin. Uh, yeah, my simian similar chrome looks nothing like an ape, so here we are. <laughs> I'm shocked you're not talking about this card. You know there's a cat ape, right? Oh, yeah, yes, I do know that one. How did you not talk about ferocious tigerilla? <laughs> tigerilla. Because he doesn't, he's not, he's not cat enough. What do you mean? He looks like a cat and an ape. For, no, he doesn't. Uh, three colorless, red, two pennies, creature cat ape, it's a 4-3. Um, when it, it ETBs, your choice of a trample counter or a menace counter on it. And that's that's why I think it's in the yeah. East card is you're going to need things beyond just your own commander to be able to get in for damage. And being able to yeah. have the flexibility of like, okay, is the trample more important because they got like a crap ton of creatures, like a bunch of tokens. And so yeah. I just need to be able to get some damage through. Or is this other person maybe doing more spell slinging, maybe more planeswalkers, and they maybe only have their Atraxa as their commander. Yes, right, so right, the menace right. is more important. Um, but this guy being an ape for some stupid reason, <laughs> um, getting all of those anthem counters on all the plus ones. I mean, it's not unrealistic to think that this is a a, a ten nine slapping oh, yeah. people with minister trample. Easy, easy ten nine. Um, yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Like it, like you said, you need you need cards like this just to get you need you need to win, right? This deck is going to win mm-hmm. through combat probably. So having just a big dumb beater like this that's on curve that's going to get massive pretty quickly. Chef's kiss. Mwah. Love it. All right. What is your last yeast okay. card? This is my most degenerate one because I don't like playing these. There's a whole cycle of them, and they're all just infinite combo enablers. I'm sure there's some rigmarole here that you can just go infinite, right? Like, I don't remember. Who knows, right? But I think that this is going to be a card that you're just going to get insane value off of, again, just by playing the game. And that okay. card is a station. 
That's twenty eight dollars. That'll grind okay. you up because we're talking about grinding station. So uh, two co- two colorless for an artifact. Tap sack an artifact. Target player mills three cards, and then whenever an artifact enters the battlefield, you may untap grinding station. So like I said, we're gonna have so much good. use. For, we're gonna have so many artifacts floating around here, right? Our treasures, mm-hmm. our bananas getting doubled, and now like it this turns into a machine gun, right? Like I don't know mm-hmm. if there's. If, if there's ways to make it go infinite in this deck, as opposed to like some dedicated infinite combo decks. Uh, but I just sure. took the value out of here, out of million three, million nine, million twelve a turn or something like that. I mean, that like as your as your favorite card of all time has proven time and time again, like that adds up, right? And you don't think about it million three, million six, but you mill twelve, that's over a tenth of your deck, right? gone mm-hmm. unless you're playing a reanimator so i think it's kind of a little sneaky trick it's a little it's a little dirty one out there so i i like it i'm not gonna pay 28 dollars for it but yeah i think it's one of, i actually I, I don't know if there's infinite in this deck with it um but i do think that there's gonna be good synergy because it's it's kind of like you and i talked about off cast with optimus prime having all the yeah. triggers kind of stack up with the mul- multiple bolsters um you know you, you tap kibo you immediately have three untapped grinding station triggers on the stack. Right, exactly. Oh, no, sorry, four, because each player is oh. getting an artifact banana. Um, and then, you know, you, you, you with your parallel lives, with your um, doubling season, uh, you know, your primal vigors, that's going to give you more artifacts to sack. And mm-hmm. there will be a point at the game where it's like, I don't really need the mana. Yeah. And I don't really need the life. I just need the game to end. So right. you'll just start sacking your bananas and stuff to this. Plus, this goes well with one of my spice cards. Audible games. <gasps> All right. You Audible got, gas. do you have one or two more left? You got two, right? I got two. Okay. So we're going to go with this one. Very cute, but I do think we're going to have a lot of creatures dying because the monkeys are going to be big. I mean, that's, that's just what shit is. Sure. So this enchantment for six mana, but only 24 cents is going to be really critical. Death's presence. Oh, yeah. Five colorless green enchantment rare. Whenever a creature you control dies, put X plus one plus one counters on target creature you control, where X is the power of the creature that died. So it's like, hey, you get rid of Kibo because he was an eight. Well, I'm going to put eight counters on another gorilla or another eight or, you know, your goddamn goblin with first strike and trample. (laughs) Um, And then you get rid of that. Well, now I'm going to shift it over. It just kind of, it's almost a little bit like um, the Ozolith. Where it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, you can get rid of all the, the creature with all the counters and stuff, but it's just going to go here, and I'm just going to put it somewhere else. Yeah. And again, like, this plays nicely into specifically, like, the doubling season and primal vigors of the world, because now mm-hmm. you're getting even more counters for when they die, right? So, again, Absolutely. these are things that, were, these are just cards that you're going to play, so you might as well get even more value out of it. I love it. I I, I hate that, the, I feel like this card, if it got printed now, would probably cost five instead of six, because that's the only mm-hmm. thing I've, that's the thing I've never loved about this card, right? You, like, it's so much mana, but again, it, it can be so it can be so like uh, it can be so like tough to get around, depending on the like the set the way that you set yourself up. So I guess it kind of makes sense. It's that expensive, and the fact that we're in Gruel, which has green, I don't think mana is ever going to be truly an issue. True. Um, plus, our commander's giving us mana, yeah, but I do yeah, agree. Yeah. I, I feel like for six mana, maybe you'd have to go to seven, but it should almost be whenever a creature dies, put X plus one plus yep. one counters. Um, you know, where X is the power of the creature that died. I think that's probably more appropriate. Um, and I do think for only your board, it should be four or five, mm-hmm. or maybe even if if they wanted to eradicate uh, it to four mana, it's whenever a non non token creature you control dies. Sure, yeah, do it. Yeah, you know, I, 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 but I do agree with you. If it was designed today, I think it would be designed a little bit different. 
for sure. For and sure. you know what? I'm going to scratch the other East card because looking at it, I don't want to talk about it. Not that great. Uh, especially <laughs> okay. since you haven't talked about a single or you've talked about one GD ape or monkey. So we're just going to head over to Spice. <laughs> okay. And uh, I'm going to start this off with the card that I've been super excited to talk about. It's a very popular card. So, but I, I, I don't know, Tuck, if you've thought about this card when you were doing your uh, show notes. So what's a great way to make everything an artifact oh is it, no are you doing it are we doing it oh yeah microcentilatus baby <laughs> all right fine six colorless artifact all permanents are artifacts in 40 dollars yeah uh all cards that aren't on the battlefield um spells and permanents are colorless uh players may spend mana as though it remain of any color <laughs> um I, I i just don't know how you it's kind of like doubling season and parallel lives and primal vigor i don't know how you're building this deck without lattice yeah because could yeah, you yeah, imagine yeah. doing lattice um, putting the sword of sinew and steel on Hebu and doing your blasphemous act. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it would probably become a one shot commander at that point. Yeah, oh um, yeah, for sure. I, I it, it's so insanely strong in here. I will say there is the risk of the players may spend mana as though it were mana of any color, because then it allows your opponents to effectively kind of play whatever they want without yeah, being color right. restricted. But I think your upside is so much higher. But that's why it's in the spice. Because it could be the closed fist for yourself. Yeah. But right. oh my gosh. Well, okay. You know, hey, you crack your Terramorphic Expanse on turn 10. That's another counter. So I, okay. I had a similar thought of that. So I'll just get it out of the way. One of my spices was Karn the Great Creator, which goes into the Microsoft ah. lock. So for those who don't know, Four Colas for Legendary Planeswalker card. Five loyalty activated abilities of opponents. Your opponent's control can't be activated. That's pretty much what you're running it for. Plus one until your next turn. Up to one target non creature artifact becomes an artifact creature with power and toughness equal to its mana value. Minus two, you may reveal an artifact card you own from outside the game or choose a face up artifact card you own in exile. Put the card in your hand. Fifteen bucks. This thing is this thing is flying up. So I, if you have this in lattice, it's kind of like over for the most well, part. But do, do you now that I've talked about lattice? Did you think about the card you talked about earlier? Meltdown. Oh god. Oh god. Up all oh god. <laughs> I'm gonna melt down for six. <laughs> no, you just melt down for zero. It blows up all their lands, all their tokens. Oh, it gets everything. Everything yeah. is an artifact. It's not non-land permanent. It kinda, or it's like jockle hops. And if you're like if you're so far ahead with your creatures, you're like, I don't care, I can lose my lands. Who cares? But it doesn't, it, it, but you think about it, it doesn't matter even if you're that far ahead, as long as you have Kibu out. Oh, Kibu geez. then becomes like a 30-30, and no one <laughs> right. has any mana to respond with. Ugh. Oh, God. And because everything's an artifact, even if they did have some creatures out, now when Kibu goes, they have to sacrifice one of their creatures because it's an artifact. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. And, and effectively then, brutal. it's just like, do you guys want to keep playing? Or Because, yeah, I mean, you, you're only going to—I'm going to be able to hit you more times than you're going to be able to hit me, and yeah. I'm just going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Right. Exactly. And I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep getting the value out of, uh, I like at that point, you're like, I don't even need to cast. I don't even need to make bananas. So yeah, that's, exactly. that's spicy. I like that. What do you think about Karn and just on its own? So the reason my um, thought, I, my thought was it's kind of like, I, th I think it's a card that you can kind of hold onto in hand because a lot of the things we're talking about are dealing with them playing the things that we're giving them. Right. Sacrificing artifacts for mana, we're drawing cards and that sort of thing. So mm -hmm. in the wrong time, I think Karn can kind of cut you off from that side of the house. Do you think it's too it's it, do you think it's too risky to play? 
No, because one of the cards, I didn't put it in my notes, but I do think uh, things like put it up for our YouTube and Twitch audience. Uh, Collector Oofy, I, I was actually thought about putting in here as well, but that's right. more of a, okay, it's um, turn 10. I, I don't want them to be using the bananas, but I want to use the bananas. Collector Oofy, oh, I guess you can't even do it with Oofy, but same type of premise, though. Like, I still want to be able to, like, yeah. do what I want, but I don't want to have to worry about the treasures that they're getting from your card earlier or using the bananas to be able to maybe get enough health. Um, right, 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 right. So I do think this card and Oofy are good late, late plays. When yeah. Like, okay. I don't want you guys doing any more of that stuff. I, I got my fun out of it. It's time to close out. Let's yeah. get it out. Just like and a Sony silence. And they're just and they're just they're just cards that you're just holding on to, right? Yeah. Same you're, thing with Null like, Rod. You can have oh, that in the deck as well for, yeah. for later in the game. So I, I do think you want some artifact hate um, universally at some point, just so that that way you can actually close out. Right, right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, having having you don't need to run all of them, but having a couple just for the late game. I like it. I like Absolutely. it a lot. Nice. All right. Well, I have one more spice. Um, Wait, I okay. I'm gonna, cut you off. I'm gonna cut you off of the pass. I'm gonna cut you off of the pass here. I have another spice as well, and we're all just gonna say it, and then we're gonna be done with it. Alter the brood, probably really good in the deck. So your last spice. Yes. Is <laughs> I don't know. I mean, for the people that don't know what alter the brood is, oh, why, why don't you read off that card? Why don't you do it from memory? <laughs> Uh, one colorless artifact. Whenever a permanent enters a battlefield under your control, each opponent mills one card. Nailed one. Do you have the? Do you have the? Uh, do you have not. the the flavor text? Absolutely not. Uh, five bucks. The the promo is twenty eight now. I'm so upset at myself because the promo used to be five, and I was like, I'm not paying five dollars for this, or it was ten. It was something like that. Now it's twenty eight dollars. Absolutely brutal. Okay. So I just want to get that. I want to get that out of the way. What is what is your last sneaky one? All right, my last sneaky one um, is it's a cool artifact from Kaladesh. You can get it for eighty four cents. I do think it's a perfect spice card because it's like it kind of fits the deck and it could kind of help a little bit, but it definitely may might be card one hundred and one, one hundred and two. Sure, We're talking animation module, um, single colorless artifact. It's a rare. Whenever one or more plus one counters are put on. Or oh. placed on a permanent you control, you may pay one colorless if you do create a 1 1 servo artifact creature token. And then you can pay three colorless tap, choose a counter on target permanent or player, give that permanent or player another counter of that right. kind. I, I, I mean, once I guess that is a mana sink at the end. Um, you know, hey, I don't have anything to do. I got four mana. Okay, I'll pay three, add an additional counter, and then I'll pay one to get a, a servo. Yeah. Um, I, I think we're going to be doing the counter things so often that. You know, having additional blockers could be helpful because I mean, we don't have tons of apes and monkeys to pick from. Yep. Um, and I don't think you could build this deck well just having Kibo kind of be the only ape or monkey. Right. Like, you, you need probably 15 of the 40 just to make it at least yeah. kind of worthwhile. Um, yeah, I And then maybe even five additional changelings. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, so, you know, having a way to produce... One one tokens for blockers, or even sacrifice fodder to your grinding station. I was just, I was, I was just gonna say like that. Those server, those servers are gonna burn people out with reckless fire weaver at all, right? They're gonna turn into blockers. They're gonna be uh, fodder for grinding station. Uh, one of what I just realized is like a really the best changeling in this deck, Tall Larry and Mauler. 
Like that's, I mean, that, honestly, that's arguably the best changeling period. <laughs> just in any tech. Uh, if only they gave it trample. It's a mauler for God's sakes. But no, okay. So back to, I think, I actually think, I, I agree with you. I think animation modules a really good card in the deck, but it kind of like, it, it's, it, it's like, um, what's an analogy? Like, okay, follow me here on trains. They have those big things that, that like ride the wheels, right? That's like, or they used to when trains had wheels. So I feel like it's like that, where it's like, you need that, but the those don't work without the engine first, right? Correct. So, so this card, this card, when it gets going is probably really good, right? And it's part of this whole thing, but there's going to be times where you draw it and you're just like, I really wish this was a rampant growth or, you yeah. know, birds of paradise or whatever the case may be there. So, but I like, and, and but that's I like why it. I feel I like, like it. it's the, yeah, that's why I feel like it's the perfect 101, 102 yeah. card in your list because it's like, okay, do I really need another Croson grip type of effect or would I rather just have this? Yeah. Or, yep. you know, maybe instead of having the three doublers, it's like, you know what? Maybe I don't do parallel lives and I just do doubling season and primal vigor and then I include animation module instead. So I, I do think it's one of those cards that'll yeah. sit there. And I mean, the card's so cheap. Yeah, it's a um, <laughs> At 84 cents. Yeah, I mean, you could buy it. And if it doesn't work in this deck, it being colorless, you'll have another deck. There's a, yeah, there's so, many, there's so many decks that care about counters or cars or artifacts, ETBs, those sort of things. So yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. That's a good, that's and a great spice. Great spice. Sneaky thing, because usually they do this to kind of prevent people from abusing it. Whenever one or more plus one counters mm-hmm. placed on a permanent you control, you may pay one. Because usually it's like, okay, I did 10. I have 10 mana. Let me make 10 servos. Well, it, it's going to see each permanent, each monkey and right. ape you put it on. So if you have five mana and you had five monkeys, you can get five servos as well. And it should be, if people, if everyone sacks their treasures at the same time, it's the same thing, All different right? triggers. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. I, yeah, but it's so funny. Like, it's so, it's, this so rarely happens where a spice is so good Right, where but like it, mm-hmm. it doesn't fit into any of the other categories, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's so it's a really good card for the deck. Where you're just like, it's not doesn't really like advance your board state. It doesn't really really interact. Like it, you can't mm-hmm. really win with it. But it's just like it's it's it could be really good in the right build here. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks for making it until the end of the episode, everyone. And if you enjoyed it, please leave uh, whatever star review makes other people want to listen to us as well. Leave uh, some sweet comments. And if you'd like to get a hold of us, maybe even ask questions about the deck, here's how you can do that. You can get a hold of me at Mr. Comet number five on Twitter. I'll spell out except for five. Uh, Big Tuck, um, I'm assuming you're not doing any bits, but since you are the Grinch, I would say maybe weekly you do a controversial Christmas post about a movie you believe is Christmas. I do like that. I'm trying to get more. I'm trying to do more film Twitter posts um because that's like i think that it's a little bit more fun than just like seeing the magic stuff all the time i did post twice yesterday if you can believe that sort of <gasps> thing it came Awful to gas. me in a rush I, it came to me in a rush and 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 x the official xbox channel did respond to one of my tweets yeah How'd that makes so, you it makes me feel it makes me feel great uh i am uh at big tuck tweeting on the twitter uh you can see me there posting in a rush when I get inspiration, I suppose you can always get our main account where you'll see when we go live, uh, collaborating with other collaborators or just random thoughts from Mr. T around magic, the gathering at TMD tower on Twitter as well. Uh, we will have the article, YouTube videos and all the links and stuff posted at our website, cmdtower.com slash B and B E one sixty three. And remember, if you're looking to support us, there's a myriad of ways you could do that. Um, patreon.com slash CMD tower. 
um, Etsy.com, CMD Tower in the search box, and AbyssProxyShop.com uh, using code CMD Tower at checkout for 10% off your order. All three ways are ways that you can help out Tuck and I constantly reinvest into the platform, um, be able to help sponsor us to go to Magic Fest, be able to jam games like uh, with a bunch of people like we did at uh, MTG Vegas, um, plus, you know, be able to uh, get more uh, products for you guys to be able to acquire through our Patreon program. So all are great ways to do that. So Tuck, Kibu, Ukatabi Prince, aka Gremlins. <laughs> First question, do you feel like we did the theme of the deck? Yes. I think that we did, right? Because I think this is... I think we did too. Is, it's not like... Um, someone, someone said this is like an awkward hug deck, like an awkward hug from your uncle, right? Cause it's not really yeah. a group slug and it's not really a group hug. Cause you're not like outside of the microsense, like in rig and roll that we talked about, not really stopping them from doing anything, but you're kind of mm -hmm. like, Hey, like I'm going to give you this stuff, but if you, if you want to abuse it, right. If you want to feed it after midnight, then like you're going to have to pay the consequences and I'm built for that. Absolutely. So, I, this is a this is when this card got printed. This is a card I really want to jump on. Um, unfortunately, someone else in my play group is also going to make this, so we're just got to. I guess I'm just got to make mine better. But I thought no, well, I love. How, it. How, do you guys do the rule in, in Charlotte where if one person builds a legend, no one else can? Uh it's like un unspoken, right? People like okay. if, if people are like I called. I really want to do that, especially like. The ones where it's more common is like precons and things like that, right? I mean, sure. there's so many effing legends that get printed now. It's kind of a fruitless endeavor to like call dibs on them. But like, if, yeah. especially when precons come out, a lot of times people will be like, I'm interested in building this precon just to keep it out there. But sure. we play, we play fairly irregularly and like with streaming and coming home for the holidays, like there's plenty of places to do it. So it's a, it's a, it's an un, it's a, like a gentleman's rule, you know? Like don't I, I don't snipe it. it out from other people, but let me. I know you were more lukewarm on the commander as a whole than me, right? You're less excited for it. So what? Like, what did you think? What like how, how did you feel when you were like researching cards for this and like after hearing about like the the cards I brought up and the sort of synergies I had as well? Like, does it change your opinion on it at like a big a scale? Bit. Okay. Yeah, um, I would say with the list that I had put together, I was like. I'm I'm trying to go into this gremlin thing as much as I can, um, and I think the deck is fine. Um, but I think the ads that you did really complemented the ones that I did as well, and vice versa. Yeah, I agree. Where we we actually have something here, um, and I the more we talked about it, and the more we kind of talked about what Kibu wants, I think sneakily this is kind of a gremlin deck no matter what. <laughs> because even the whole feed them after midnight thing, it's like, hey, like, you know the rules. Don't crack artifacts. Don't put artifacts in the graveyard or my stuff's going to get bigger. Yeah. It's like, well, you they could remove Kibu. And then it's, it's like eating before midnight. It's like you're feeding your gremlin before yeah. midnight because nothing bad is happening. But then it's like after midnight, if you guys are letting Kibu stay out, things are just going to get hairy. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that was super cool. I do think there needs to be probably more. I mean, I wish there was a, uh, like, we have in Demir the enchantments that make all creatures all types. Um, I wish oh. we had that in Gruul, because then that would make, you know, the animation module that much better. Yep. Um, being able to have all those be apes and yeah. monkeys. Um, and we, hopefully... we only have, we only have uh, Maskwood Nexus, I think, is the only one that does it in colorless, right? Mm. Yeah. And it's like, you're now, now you're like, okay, do I want to build around one card in colors that, can, that can't really tutor for artifacts efficiently? 
Yeah. And so uh, I, I think I think it's really fun. I think it's super interesting. And I really do like the uh, I'm giving you guys it, it's kind of like your uh, your lock deck. I'm giving you all this extra mana, all yep. this extra mana. And then once your lock comes out, it's like, shit, uh, I don't want that extra mana. I don't want your gifts anymore. Right. Uh, yeah. So I, I think that's a very cool dynamic with the deck. Hell yeah. No, I love it. I think right. I, I, I'm definitely looking forward to building this. I think this is going to be a really, really fun deck to play in the group here. Bigger question. Are you going to put a lattice in it? Uh, ah, before you answer, we're out of here. <laughs>